0: It's time for Cats Talk Wednesday. Small town and big city joined forces. Vinnie Hardy of Lynch, Kentucky, and Terry Brown of Louisville, Kentucky, team up to give you free-flowing, laid-back sports talk. Focus on Kentucky Wildcats, as well as pertinent information in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Cats Talk Wednesday. Benny Hardy here, courtesy of the BS3 Network. The homie Terry T.B. Brown is en route to our home state of Kentucky, so not sure if he's going to hop on or not. Uh, Going back to Louisville, um, if he texts me, wanting to jump on, we'll have T.B. If not, look, he just got back home, just got back with all the family, got back there with Mama B, his two daughters, and Let me spend some time back in the Ville. So might not have TB, but we shall see. We still going to try to have a little fun with it anyway. Got a great guest coming up here in a few minutes. Been trying to get this young lady on here for quite a while. Been rescheduling and moving stuff back and stuff coming up. But you to have Renee Washington on here. Talk some soccer. Talk some Philly sports. She's got knowledge on all of it. James Harden's been in the news a little bit. I'm a Rockets fan and just, uh, you know, was living through all of the Harden-Daryl Morey era as a Rockets fan. So, So now we see a little bit of rift in that relationship, so we'll see how that plays out. Will he Be in Philly and stay disgruntled, or will he get to go wherever he uh, desires to go as this upcoming season approaches for the NBA? A lot of hype about that uh, in season tournament schedule and whatnot. Not thrilled about it. Um, It's going to be what it's going to be. They're not worried about what I think about it, but uh, I'm not on my head to see it. All the teams are tweeting out their schedules and all that kind of thing. And, you know, maybe I'll be changing my tune in a few months, just like I did on the pitch clock and all that, because that's been smoother than I thought. Even though I didn't think the pitch clock, the batter clock, and all that stuff in baseball was necessary, I still don't think you have to have it timed. It doesn't bother me if a game lasts three or four hours. It has sped it up. It's not as big of an issue even watching uh, as I thought. You know, we had Sarah Sanchez on, talked about all of that, and we were all kind of fussing about it. But uh, I got to admit, it's, it's cooler than I thought. It's, it's more okay than I thought. So maybe this in season tournament will be the exact same way. I don't know. Um, Kentucky – is a uh, Mamba program. I know everybody saw that as far as Kentucky news is concerned. You know, Kentucky basketball is coming. Football is coming quicker. The excitement for that continues to build. Uh, but it was cool to see that Vanessa Bryant herself, uh, the widow of the late great Kobe Bryant, handpicked the University of Kentucky to be the first Mamba program. The cats are going to get exclusive Mamba gear, Mamba apparel, the partnership with the Mamba Academy, the Mamba Seated with Kobe and Gianna, because uh, you know, they tragically passed. It's already been
1: three years
0: ago, uh, which is hard to believe. But um, it was cool to see Kentucky receive that honor. There are going to be other schools that follow suit or get partnership as well, but Kentucky uh, was the first one selected. So um, just another feather in Kentucky's cap. Um Saw them up at Drake's when they went to Toronto for the Global Jam. Just another, another cool thing that you know Kentucky can be at the forefront of, um, getting that gold standard swag back as well. Had a couple, few rough years by our standards, if we're all being honest. But to see little stuff like this, uh, it's, it's still cool to know that Kentucky still moves the needle and will continue to do so. Hopefully, the product on the court this coming fall and winter does the same thing, and we have a, a fun spring and a fun prolonged March Madness, more like we're used to singing. Coming to y'all, courtesy of the BS 3 Network, as mentioned, as we always try to see each every week, we appreciate Ben Sutter, who reached out to allow us to be part of this network, this umbrella podcast that covers a variety of topics. We do our thing with sports, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of music, a little bit of pop culture, but mainly sports. Um, proud to be part of the network, We're trying to play promos for other podcasts as well. Uh, this coming weekend, this Sunday will be the fourth annual BS3 Awards to actually be in person this time in Fate, Texas. I'll get the exact location here in a little bit, but your boys here. Grateful to be a part of the network. Grateful to be nominated for some BS3 awards. A couple of years ago, we won the award for most consistent podcast. So we were grateful to be nominated for that and then end up winning that award. Uh, a lot of heavy hitters in here. And we are proud to be nominated in four categories this year. We're up again for the consistent podcast award, best sports podcast. Podcast of the Year, and also the category for your best guest. And we got nominated for that one because we had uh, the homie Roy Wood Jr., on comedian from The Daily Show, and who's been on with us multiple times. He was grateful enough to come on here and chop it up with us. So, got nominated in the best guest category for Roy. Because, I mean, that's that's a great guest. We had uh, Greg Warren on that same day as well. He's a big time comedian in his own right. Not as well known, for, just keeping it real, not as well known in the black community. But look him up. And his comedy resume uh, is a very good, strong resume too. So we had those guys on back to back. So if you're on Facebook, everybody that follows us on Twitter. We appreciate it. At Cats Talk Wednesday, Cats Talk Wed, got it scrolling across the ticker here. Same thing on the Facebook page at Cats Talk Wed. Our Facebook page, Cats Talk Wednesday. Quite a few of you follow on there as well. About the same amount, maybe more on the Facebook page than the actual Twitter page. But uh, if you see this and hear this, the deadline to vote. For the BS3 Awards is 11:59 p.m. this evening. So I want to get on there, go to our Cast Talk Wednesday page. We got all of the um, polls up there. If you want to vote for TB and myself, as we do our thing each and every week, and we're proud to be nominated uh, with these other fine podcasts, Queen Three and King had Doc on here, had Ben on here, uh, Lunch Break Sports Show. A.J. Jones, radio legend, had him on here, uh, nominated alongside these other great podcasts. Um, so we appreciate it. Appreciate being acknowledged. Appreciate people taking the time to listen. Appreciate getting nominated for these awards. Um, just grateful for it all. So um, as again, thanks to the BS3 Network, said Earth. If y'all, while we're on that subject, are ever interested in advertising your business or product on the podcast, TB and I would love to talk about it. Feel free to reach out to the BS3 Network. Go to bs3network.com, or you can give them a ring yourself at 214 two two five zero two five seven you can contact the network yourself and say hey i have a business i have a product i'd love to have it talked about on cats talk wednesday I'd love to have it talked about on the biz3 network they'd be happy to work with you on that so appreciate y'all taking the time to listen appreciate y'all taking the time to listen to me solo you know tb um is not here this evening we're still gonna have joe with lots of great topics. And we will get to some of those topics right now because backstage in the BS3 Network Green Room is our guest, our esteemed guest. Some lady has done many, many things. We're gonna talk about some of those accomplishments and things she's done. We're talking about Renee Washington, former soccer player, analyst, coming to us from Philadelphia. Renee, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: Can't complain. Can't complain. Appreciate you taking the time to hop on here. We've been been trying to yes, get thank this. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. We've been trying to get this done for a long time. <laughs>
1: I am so sorry. Life nope. gets so busy, things get so hectic, and I didn't want to have us be scrambling. I wanted to make sure we set up a time that worked where we could have a good conversation, not rushed or anything like that. So thank you for bearing with me.
0: <laughs> yeah, and look, don't don't be taking all the blame. Don't act like when I said we have try, been trying for a long time. That wasn't like it's all your fault. That, that is not what I meant. You're definitely busy. Appreciate you reaching out. You know, I think you hit me on the DMs. I'd love to come on like back. Uh, maybe November, December, and we're like, yeah, so we you know been trying to make it work, and here we are. We got followers on Twitter, who we're excited to have you, and, and we're excited to have you on as well. So first of all, maybe just tell everybody that, that doesn't know just a little bit about yourself. We, you, like your Twitter profile, I mean, reading off everything you've done, by the time I get done reading, it'd be like, well, folks, that's all the time we have, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but tell us a little bit about yourself and and you know how you got into doing everything that you're doing.
1: Yeah, that's part of the reason why it's been so hard to set something up. And I know I had to pause and and tell you let's circle back and let's circle back again. And here we are finally circled. But um I do a little bit of everything, honestly. And so I work with ESPN as a college reporter, sideline reporter, play-by-play, color commentator. I do every sport in college uh through ESPN. And then also with MSG Networks, I work with them the cover Gotham FC out of the NWSL as an analyst, and then uh, also work with the NWSL, so the actual league itself, uh, with their national broadcasts, doing uh, work with them as well as an analyst. And I've got some other exciting endeavors coming up, but honestly, for me, I, I just really actively work in college and professional sports on air, whether it's hosting shows or on the sidelines of games or up in the booth. Um, and just love every every part of doing that, especially as a former three-time All-American D1 soccer player myself that played some pro. It's great to stay connected with sports in such an empowering way to be connected with the, the engagement, the viewership, the interaction, the storytelling, and just being a part of the excitement of what we love about sports.
0: Absolutely. So you mentioned, as you should and rightfully so, three-time all-American. He was soccer player, played in professional ranks as well. Your ties are to the Northeast. Are you from the Northeast or is that just where you went to play soccer? Or
1: So one of the unique things that I love about my story is I am born and raised in the New Jersey, Philly area. So I did go to college at LaSalle University here in Philly, but I've been in this in this area my entire life. My career has been very much in the region one area is what I I claim, but I'm venturing out now. I mean, with the NWSL alone, I'll be uh, doing games from all over. So born and raised a Jersey girl, but still live in Philly uh, these days, which nobody really knows actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We don't tell nobody. Nope,
1: they're like, I don't know where you live. Are you in DC? Are you in New York? Are you in Philly? Are you in Florida? But you guys know the real.
0: Just a, there's somewhere on the atlantic it's coast somewhere. mid-atlantic area just just kind of <laughs> <it. laughs> so were, were you are you the the daughter of athletes are your parents athletic as well and what did yeah. they play
1: i come from a very true sports family where a lot of our A lot of memories, family trips and everything growing up was around sports. So both of my parents played basketball. Basketball is actually the main sport in my family. My dad played pro ball overseas. My mom played up through college. Uh, My siblings, we all played sports. So my parents let us play every single sport just to try it out. They didn't want us to be forced into basketball, but we all played basketball. Soccer was just my better sport. But I've coined the term, I'm a first-generation soccer player, my sisters and I, where we were the ones that introduced soccer to our family because there's so much similarity from basketball, but uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I played soccer, basketball, and even ran track all the way through college, and uh, was honestly have been so fortunate that what I do in my career actually started in my childhood, where we would just, and we still do, just sit around the TV talking, we're texting in our threads about what's going on with, from James Harden to Messi to, you know, whatever is going on in the news, Uh, we still do that to this day, so a true sports family, where if you come around my family, be ready to talk about sports, your favorite player better be LeBron and you better respect <laughs> all the aspects of sports. Don't come in there with some half behind thoughts or answers or being a fan of the wrong team or whatever, because we are like, we go at it. um In a, in a very positive, fun, loving way.
0: <laughs> That's the way it should be. Now mom and dad are LeBron fans too? Even, I mean.
1: All right. What? So my dad is a true old timer Sixers fan. So we have slowly okay. converted him because he's a true like Dr. J Malone like a true Sixers fan uh, we used to always go to Sixers games growing up so I'm still a Sixers fan also and a Philly sports fan with the Eagles being our main football team but yeah we have uh always been LeBron fans also and Philly sports fans that's how this works
0: okay because I got a lot of questions about that as we we go on and so you know I, I okay. knew I knew we'd get into the to the Philly and and all that but first Since you know, soccer was your sport and you've excelled at it, played at the highest level. Let me let me backtrack and get your thoughts on the US women's national team. Um and did you see it coming? Did you just your thoughts on the, the way they played, even though you know they were winning ugly, as we like to say? Um did the gap get closed? Was it just time? So, you know, a lot of wear and tear, and it's just hard to keep it going over a 12-year span. Your thoughts on the whole uh, experience for them in the World Cup?
1: I was trying to be very optimistic about this World Cup, that they would figure it out and uh, be able to at least get back to, I would say, a top-four spot. I wasn't expecting them to be knocked out so soon. But I think the biggest thing is if there's such a, young, such a young core of this group. 14 players of the 23 that were in their first ever World Cup. And then when you add the fact there's so much put on them, with the amount of talent in the other country, I've watched a lot of the other games, including the Final Four games, and just looking at the talent from Australia and England to Spain and Sweden that made the Final Four, you get a wide range of some of the players that have been there for a few World Cups or players that have just been here and had that um, extra Encourage extra motivation, I should say, to have wanted to beat the USA. So you come in with a big target on your back, you've got youth. And then on top of that, I just thought there were some coaching gaps. Um, I never like to blame just one person. I think there are a lot of reasons why they, they fell short, but I think when you have so much youth, you cannot put so much in terms of minutes and expectations on them too soon. And I thought in the group stage, I would have loved to see more substitutions made, more players getting opportunities. Now you can have some of those other players, Sophia Smith, um, Trinity Rodman, especially those two up top, but even the midfielders, a little bit fresher when you get into the knockout round. Plus that competition within your lineup helps keep you going, knowing, okay, I'm not going to be guaranteed 90 minutes. I got to work for my starting spot. I got to work for every minute. Otherwise there's someone else ready to step right in. So I think substitution, some lineup changes, would have been able to help them get past maybe Sweden, but I don't know that they had it in them to win a World Cup. I think it was it was just a sign of a time needed to take a step back, let's regroup, let's get this team to a, a higher level so that they can come back into future international tournaments and be able to be a top team. But I do think with 12 years, you look at that, that's a very long time. And players like Megan Rapino and Julie Ertz and even someone like Carly Lloyd, who was a part of past championships, you're filling huge shoes. The women's game has changed, but the U.S. needs to step up and keep up, honestly, with what other countries have been doing to take over that top spot.
0: So sounds kind of like maybe a little bit of a, a baseball manager that maybe keeps the starters in too long or, does, or doesn't go to the bullpen quick enough or or maybe, maybe to go basketball. Maybe you know, Tom Thibodeau has a reputation of, of wearing guys out. So is that Kind of what we saw with the women's national team. In your it
1: is, it is, and if you have um, a LeBron, Steph, KD on the floor, they can handle those minutes a little bit more. But when you're asking a young player, imagine asking any—I mean, pick any young player across the NBA, the Major League Baseball, soccer, whatever—to step into the biggest stage and and play so many minutes—it's a lot. That's a huge, This is not your you know ordinary league games or practices that you're asking big, demanding minutes from. So I think. To see the the second, you know, the second game alone as they play in Netherlands, just one substitution made in the entire game for the U.S., whereas other teams are using every single sub. They're running four and five players and they're getting fresh legs in. They're getting players in in good minutes, too, so that now you can be a little bit more rested. You're in a whole different part of the world. Forget just a different con- continent, a whole different part of the world. Your time zone's already messed up. You're away from your normal routine. As we know, that's huge as an athlete. And then you're asking so much of these young players that are in their first World Cup. I think if you're at like a Julie Ertz, great example, even coming off of the son that her son that she had, um, she still was ready because she's been here before. She knows what that game management is like. And as we know for all athletes, that experience of being in those big moments helps you be more prepared for more big moments. That experience helps to be more prepared for, okay, how do I have to manage my body, my mental all these different aspects to be fresh as possible come game time.
0: So this is kind of piggybacking on what we're already talking about, but in your opinion, the most, the most obvious glaring thing they need to fix going forward? And then what's maybe some of the most little detail, minute tweaks they need <clears throat> to make in your in your opinion going forward?
1: is just time to be honest um, you know it just you it's never a plug and play and i i always get frustrated when people assume just because you have all these talented players they're just going to come together and seamlessly everything's going to work out And I said this for the Eagles that it was going to take time. And I've said this for the Lakers, uh, excuse me, I said it for LeBron for every team he stepped into. And it's no different for the U.S. women's national team. You can't just plug in these top players and expect it to magically work. It takes time for the chemistry to develop. It takes time for them to figure out their roles. And so I I just think this was almost too soon, especially with the amount of injuries that they've had, where they haven't had chances to play together. And so when you look at the games they did have, it wasn't at 100%. There was somebody – a key piece always missing. So I just think the biggest thing is the time is gonna help with the chemistry, which is gonna help with the ball movement, how they're attacking offensively, the runs they're making off of each other, You know how they're getting organized defensively. All that does not happen overnight to learn your teammates' temperaments and tendencies. So I think time, some different rotations, um, and then overall just allowing them to develop as a group will help them be a better group moving forward to be able to win as they're looking forward towards you know future international tournaments
0: yeah it's not it's not fantasy sports where you just click your not roster in game it, yeah chemistry <laughs> chemistry doesn't exist you know in fantasy or in video game but yeah that that human element is a real thing no matter what level or what team or what players you know I, look look first of all I'm a cowboys fan but we can agree on we can agree on this we can agree on this when you and talked you about <laughs> you talked about how you know uh it takes time. You probably remember you might you were younger, but you remember back when the commanders, then Redskins used to bring in Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders, Jeremiah Trotter, and had this big name marquee names, great individual defenders and ex- expected it to just gel into a cohesive defensive unit, and I would just laugh at them every time. I'm like, Psh. I mean, and as an Eagles fan, see, you can agree. We both were laughing at what Washington was trying to do because it never worked. High-profile guys on the PlayStation, on the Xbox, cool, but in real-life situations, that is, it, it never did work.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the truth. I mean, the Cowboys have had some rosters that you had players, these high profile names come in and we just assumed it was magic going to work. It doesn't it doesn't happen that way. It takes time. And the chemistry is big. You want to make sure your guys, you know, players are figuring out their roles. And as we saw, I mean, shoot, we can use the Sixers as an example. There's so many examples. The Nets with the the big three of James Harden, KD and and Kyrie. You just can't put superstars together and all of a sudden championships come from it. Not in this day and age with how much talent there really is around the world.
0: So going back to Eagles, you know, we gotta we gotta we we know how the the NFC East is, we already know. So (laughs) uh, being the Eagles fan that you are, you know, y'all got a title recently, just got a runner-up appearance last year. Lose both coordinators schedule's tough y'all you know getting every draft pick from the university of georgia as a kentucky fan i see all these dogs going to philly now so your thoughts (laughs) on this coming year uh how's it gonna look you know staff changes all that how's all that factoring in what's the expectation uh coming off of a super bowl run we're going back um (laughs) i'm
1: I'm very optimistic. Honestly, I think that even with the staff changes, that's expected. I mean, after any team makes it, especially to the Super Bowl, you're not bringing back your your coordinators. You're not bringing back your full staff. Someone's someone is is getting an opportunity bigger elsewhere. And that's great. We'd love to see that. But I think for the player personnel specifically, when you look at the experience we were just talking about with the women's national team that the Eagles got. So Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, they get that experience of being at the Super Bowl. And I thought that Jalen Hurts especially played very well in the Super Bowl. I think that it was the issues were not – there were many issues, but it, they were they were fixable issues, I should say. He didn't look starstruck. He didn't look out of place. He played very well. And so when you bring that back and you add in the additions of – I love adding DeAndre Swift, who I actually covered when he was in high school. Um, I love what he can bring as a running back. I love what on the defensive side, those dogs you bring in, a player like Jalen <laughs> Carter, they've got some great youth that they added. And I think the Eagles needed that youth because they had a lot of older players. We love Jason Kelsey on one side of the ball. We love Darius Slay on the other side of the ball. But you still needed to add some youth around them on the O-line and the D-line. And I think that the Eagles were able to do that with these off-season moves and draft picks. Plus, you have just more confidence, and they have that camaraderie. Like, you watch them together. They're they're having fun. They're laid back. They're young. The energy's there. Um, And this is a hungry team that knows they have the pieces to be able – not worried about the NFC East to be able to make a deep run in the postseason so no offense to any of the NFC East teams I just think the Eagles are built different and they're built to you want to build for the postseason we're not worried about the regular season because that doesn't matter you can even win the NFC East like the Cowboys have done in the past and get to the playoffs and flop and and you knock out the first round but I think the Eagles have been building a squad that's going to be able to go the distance, and you look at the fact that head coach Nick Sirianni also now has that experience. You went from being the bright-eyed, young coach in the big spotlight to now being able to come into that with a better understanding of, okay, what should we be doing to win these games? And I think that's going to be huge in the, you know, down the line, that especially on the defensive side because that's where we struggled against Kansas City. The Eagles will now be ready to get some stops offensively have some versatility that they can add um around Jalen Hurts with what he did last year and who knows this could be an a Super Bowl winning team. Not mm. to be I'm not just saying that as a fan. I genuinely genuinely could see that.
0: <laughs> they do have the pieces and that's that's about as much credit as I can give as a Cowboys fan. That's about all you're gonna get out of me. So you know <laughs> they're, not, they're not oh back to the Sixers you know Ugh. um Last title in '83, back in your dad's, you know, Doc Moses, fo, 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 Tony, the whole thing. You know, Doc is out now. You had the, the Kawhi Leonard shot, Embiid, you know, seems to not be healthy in the postseason. Harden, Colin, Morial. You're, like, you're just, let me just, uh. where are y'all, where are y'all at? What's the vibe? What are we? You know, is Nick Nurse the guy? What are we, what are we, what are we thinking?
1: Well, the good days are behind <laughs> us. That 2001 mm. NBA Finals run still is <laughs> the best run a Sixers team has had of the 21st century. Ah, um, uh, it's it's rough, and I hate I hate the fact that I was right because I don't mm. like to always be right about things, and I wish I had said this a little bit more adamantly before, but I always felt like this group was not good enough and it was pre James Harden to be honest I think the best group honestly that had the best chances was when Jimmy Butler was on the team you look at Jimmy Butler, Tobias <laughs> Harris, Joel Embiid this team should have been a, a finalist team at least um, but some unfortunate circumstances kept, you know kept us from that that we don't talk about um, but I will say honestly for me Joel Embiid I think from the outside looking in, a lot of people say, "Oh, he's the guy. You guys should be able to win a championship with him." But I don't think he's the guy. I, it's great he got his MVP finally. Um, it's it's great he just got married. He's got his little boy. Like things are all going well for him personally. But I think team wise, he just is, he doesn't have that championship caliber. Like we were just talking about with what it takes to be a champion and experience, camaraderie are a big part of that. But it's also for your superstar to be able to put the team on their back and step up and at times be the coach, be the leader, be the one that's bringing everybody in, hey, settle down, we got to get a stop here. Be in that personality and tell me how many times you've seen James uh excuse me, Joel Embiid and actually James Harden too, be that guy that says, Hey, Maxi, slow down, you got this, or team team, let's just get this stop and take it one point at a time. You never see him really being that person. He's struggling to get up and down the floor. He's falling all over the floor. Offense Mm -hmm. stops with him a lot of times, especially as he's getting tired, where he's just standing there at the top of the three-point line, which is a whole other issue in itself, every play. And Mm -hmm. that's it. He's driving slow to the basket, falling, looking for a call. And then James Harden comes in, who does the exact same thing when you think about it, the exact same type of player. And everyone's expecting, oh, you've got these two superstars. Here comes the championship. And absolutely not. I mean, just watching them consistently and covering them and seeing how they train, how they work together. You just, I never got that vibe of a championship caliber team. So the process was great to get us this far, but it's time to pivot. And unfortunately, I don't think anybody within the Sixers organization is ready to have that real conversation. That's not just about James Harden ranting in China and whatever else he's doing. It starts with Joel Embiid. And I don't know what moves you can make that's not going to have the people ready to burn the city up along with the new arena. Um, that they're proposing to be able to make some actual meaningful short-term change. Unfortunately, it's looking like it might take some time, not another process time, but some more time for the Sixers to truly be a contestant to win the East, forget the finals, just win the East.
0: And having said all that to me, they still should have beat Boston. I'm not saying, I'm not saying get to the finals or beat Miami who, who overachieves and gets more out of the actual team, but that Boston team was so soft, and and Mizzoulo was kind of over his head, and and for that Philly team to lose to them, I'm a, I'm I'm an outside looking in as a not a Philly fan, but I'm like as a Boston hater though. But I'm like, how did they still let Boston beat them? That team.
1: You, know? you watch that series. Anybody that knows sports, they have a chance to close out in six at home and lay a goose egg, played awful. They only had at uh, that series, I would say two games that I really thought they played well. The game one series when James Harden dropped like 45 because nobody expected that. And I think it was game five. Um, but other than that, the series was not good for either team. It felt like both teams were actually trying to lose. Game six and game seven, I was like, this. And, do, we know, do they know it's a playoff game? Do they know this is a must-win game because both teams didn't have that intensity that you would expect of a team trying to survive and move on. And so game seven was kind of like, here, you win. No, you win. No, you win. Like, I don't think either team wanted to win, which is why I knew Miami had it in the bag because they absolutely brought that fire. But Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think that was kind of the moment that we all realized the Sixers group, and for some of us, we already knew, but for others, they realized this ain't it. This is not Mm -hmm. the group. This team is not going to, they definitely on paper had all the tools to win the East. And the matchup was there for them against Boston, who was not playing well. Jason Tatum struggling, Jalen Brown struggling, just coaching, not playing well. And you still lost in seven. So it just, I I agree with you. I think it was um, just, it's it's been a frustrating time. And then you watch everything with James Harden, it's like adding insult to injury, just putting salt on the wound. But overall, I'm hoping that, and I'm just saying this optimistically, this is all the writing on the wall. I think if it was like an in-between, there's still room for questioning, should we do this, should we not? But I think, and I hope things have been bad enough that they will go on and make some major moves. But I don't think that's going to happen like today. It's still going to take some time, sadly.
0: I'll never forget the interview. Was it, it was T-Mac and Kobe? I don't know if it was Rachel Nichols, but they were saying that, you know, James Harden's never going to win a title playing that style. And... No. They were, you know, they had no reservations about they when they say what they said, and you know, Chris Paul hamstring away is as close as he got, you know, against the Warriors, you know, a few years ago. So, as a Rockets fan, I was I was hoping I knew that style of play and you know stopping the ball and you know ISO 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 dribble dribble dribble, and it's you know his he's definitely on the back nine his, his best years are behind him and is, is he gonna when and opening night where is he is he still there or <laughs> do we have a do we have a move made what? <laughs> what are they gonna do? i think
1: that chris paul hamstring i i actually was rooting for houston and that to me was that was the moment it was like no james harden he should have been able to do it enough should have been done that he could finish out and and now but I don't know where he's going to end up. I mean, maybe he's still in China. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen come the start of the season. This is just messy. It's, it's unnecessary. I don't, between him and Dane, I'm like, just, can we just stop talking about them at this point? Like, I don't, you had plenty of opportunity if you're James Harden. I'm not an, an expert on the legal side of things and what could have or should have happened. But you wait till now when the Sixers announced trade talks are done to then come out with this. I don't know where, where his where his team is. I guess they uh, they okayed this for him to be in China and make a statement of all places. And why? Where was this like a week ago? Why did we hear anything major from you until now? When the Sixers have said we're not going to, you know, trade talks are off the table. Mm-hmm. So you clearly were not okay with staying there, and now we're hearing that as as loudly as you are saying it. So who knows? He seems like the, Like he might have the audacity to just like boycott games and it out and the Sixers aren't in a position at this point financially to make any moves because his trade value had dropped it every day. So after game six and seven alone, his trade value had already started to drop. It's given Ben Simmons vibes all over again. And so <laughs> it's just now a matter of who's going to it's like a waiting game of who's going to be able to outlast the other. But I don't think it's going to be resolved game one. I think we're in for a standoff into, uh, into the season, unfortunately.
0: Mm-hmm. Here sure. we go again. Uh-huh. <laughs> So you being, you know, Philly, Jersey through and through. Is it a Sixers town, an Eagles town, a Phillies town, a Flyers it's an town?
1: Eagle
0: City for sure. Ottawa, for Philly. sure.
1: Oh yeah, they're the only team that we have hope in because mm. uh, even the Phillies, for example, and I was just watching them lose last night to Toronto, and who knows, they're they're getting started shortly. Um, they're just so inconsistent in the fact they can't score, they can't get hits, they can't get on base you can't win games if you can't score runs it's pretty simple um so the Phillies are just on paper look like they should be a better team um but then also just you would hope that after that World Series run last year they would have come in with a little bit more of that uh motivation to get back and right now I'm not really seeing it unfortunately so I think the Sixers and Phillies are in the same similar spot where they and the Union actually for us, us soccer fans where on paper they should be able to be built for the postseason, make a nice deep run, but you never know which team's gonna show up. So it's definitely the Eagles. We have the most faith in them. They're the most consistent. They they don't they don't knock on wood. God. they don't give us any major issues. Our our superstar in Jalen Hurts and even in AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, all of our superstars, Kelsey, they they act like superstars. They they bring that superstar energy, leadership. Nick Sirianni's solid. So and the Flyers yeah. forget it because they're just awful in the NHL. So it's all about the Eagles, which is yeah, with no hesitation, I can answer that.
0: And <laughs> so that's what the everybody is focusing on them more. They move the needle year round. It's all which that's NFL does that anyway, but I just I always wonder because y'all are so passionate about every team. And I just I mean, that's why I wanted to have a native on here to get the pulse. And so it's Eagles, Eagles all day, and then everybody else's.
1: Then everybody else in the middle, and the Flyers nobody really, really considers at all because they're just a whole dumpster fire. Yeah. But the sad part is the Union went to the MLS Cup last year. The Phillies went to the obviously the World Series. The Sixers should have been a team that went to at least the Eastern Conference Finals the last few years consistently. Mm-hmm. So they, they have this. They had the talent. We had the makings of being a championship city. But yeah. right now we have fallen short of that. So the Eagles uh, are the only team that actually went to their championship, and looks like they should get back. And now we're just hoping that that's actually the case.
0: Where do y'all go for the cheesesteaks? We know where all the tourists and you see the-, <laughs> the Geno's, but I'm sure there's places where y'all y'all know that you yeah. know somebody like me who hasn't been to Philly would just come in and be like, oh okay, where where's the hidden <laughs> gems at that the, that the locals go?
1: So Pat's and Gino's always get the biggest marketing and and everyone's always clamoring about them. I have no idea how they ended up on so many food network episodes and specials and stuff, but it's actually not them as much. I like Pat's and Gino's. I do, but a lot of people say they're overrated because it's, it's not as much of the meat. It's very bready. I just always tell people when in doubt, go to a place. That's a first name, Jim's Steve's Tony's. If it's not somebody's first name, preferably like an Italian type of first name, it's okay. probably not as good. Okay. So there's there's a bunch of first name spots that are very good. Uh, Steve's <laughs> and Jim's are like two really good ones that I've had. But uh, other than that, if it's some like generic place, it's not going to be awful. It's just going to be very basic and average. But the best cheesesteaks are those hole-in-the-wall places that aren't as talked about where you've got people on the big grill flipping cheesesteaks and um, – just nice full cheesesteaks where every bite is like oozing out. Those are the best spots to go for sure. So follow the first names, Jim, Steve's. I think, I think there's, there's a few others that are slipping right now, but those are the best spots.
0: Cool. Tell us about Planet Not Buried. What is that?
1: That is my baby. That is something that I um, have always wanted to do. So a big part of becoming a reporter for me was also to have an opportunity to use my platform in a positive, impactful way. So I created an organization, Planet or Not Buried, as a way to just fill in the gaps and honestly provide a little bit of everything from, virt- right now everything is virtual, but virtual events and panels to articles, as well as giving just motivation and inspiration and in the different types of messaging and posts and stuff, and just creating a space to help educate, inspire and empower other people. I think it's needed in this world And I know that we have so much opportunity to do so um, if we just do our part. So I've created that and have a team of people that I've been fortunate to work with just to help provide areas around topics such as mental health, education, family and relationships, um, any sort of fitness, health, nutrition topics that we're able to talk about. So the goal is to continue growing that and hoping that we can reach even more people um, because we've been doing so already of just reaching people around the world, which has been fun to see
0: plantednb.com that is off to a good start and got bigger plans ahead so that's amazing amazing. we
1: are just scratching the surface to be honest and a lot more to come in the future of just reaching a bigger audience and being able to provide more opportunities for people to learn It's it really takes a village in this world as, as you know and everybody tuning in you can't do things on your own and so it's so helpful to have people around you that you can ask questions to or bounce ideas off of or, you know, just learn and grow with. And that's the whole idea of being planted and growing together, not being buried and kind of stuck in our current circumstances.
0: Ooh, that's great. that's great. That's great. I definitely appreciate you coming on. But I can't can't have you on without asking about your thoughts about <laughs> Doris Burke getting to be the first woman who's going to be, you know, we'll hear her voice in june for the nba finals you've been in the media being a reporter yourself just your thoughts on uh seeing that uh get put into place with, with her position there at espn and of course docking there's going too but mm-hmm. dora's been the first because you know i love db and i just want to get your thoughts on what she's doing
1: well, Doc Rivers is finally getting to the NBA Finals, one way or the other. <laughs> um, and Mike Greenberg and Doris Burke, I saw the official news, and that was exciting. I, I spoke with, I spoke with Doris in the past, and um, she's such a kind person. She's, she's everything you get on air is really who, her authentically of just mm. wanting to, in every game or broadcast she does, provide something extra, paving the way for other women and just being able to continue to to break glass ceilings and being able to continue to raise the bar. And I'm very excited for her and so well-deserving. And she's one that I've looked up to in my career over the years of just the way she also can cover so many things, especially when as women we're often told you can't do that. So men, you see it all the time, but as women we're told You've got to focus on one sport. You've got to focus on one league. And you see Doris Burke from college to NBA to WNBA, whatever it is, she's there. She's on the sidelines. She's in the booth. She's, you know, doing a little bit of everything. So, so well-deserving for all of her hard work. And it's been very interesting to watch all of the changes in ESPN and just in broadcasting right now. I feel like it's a sign of a change of the times, um, hopefully for the better. But a lot of things that are changing right now between Layoffs and job changes, and you know, just the announcements of some of the broadcasters that we're going to be seeing in the upcoming season. So, for Doris, though, well deserved, and so happy for her.
0: Yeah, and it's cool that she's one that what you see is what you get, that you didn't meet her, and she was totally opposite of the way she is on the mic. So, that's that's good. She hugs me and
1: everything, I'm like wait a minute, I know you, do you know me? <laughs> like, But she's one that's just very, very genuine. You know, you talk to some people and they they kind of have this, this air about them where they unfortunately aren't the nicest. And I personally am always trying to make sure I'm nice to everyone because you just never know the impact it's going to make. You never know um, how far that small act of kindness will go. And she's one of those people that you see her, she's, she's smiling, she's happy. She might be doing a million things, but she's still going to give you, some of her attention and say hello and chat with you and i was watching her just move around the for the nba playoffs as i was at the same game she was at and just watching her move around the gym like you never you would even know she's the doris burke and just how she carries herself you know if you didn't know her you would just think she's a nice woman that's watching the game like everyone else but she's never going to give you that superstar sassy meant you know attitude or anything that you may get from some others so yeah, just, phenomenal just... person
0: just down to earth and just handles her mm-hmm. business and, and keeps it moving. That's that's the way it ought to be. So amazing! Hey, and real quick, tell us about your modeling too. There's so many things you do. I don't want to keep you forever, but you also are, do modeling in addition to all your work as an analyst as a reporter as well. So, how did you decide you want to do that? Were, just, were you a youngster? Did you get into that later? How'd you fit it in? And and what all, yeah. is it Well, yeah.
1: modeling and motivational speaking are two things I started doing later after I have really heavily started getting into broadcasting. And they both, to me, are um, kind of results of just growth for me because I was always insecure and I was always, you know, whether about my own body or speaking in front of people or whatever it is, I didn't have that same confidence. And so it even is, to me, a surprise that I have the confidence to, you know, whether it's going on camera talking sports or modeling in a runway or down a runway or for a fashion show or getting up in front of a group of people speaking like I did for my Ted talk, it's, it's tough to do. Um, but I just love every part of being able to do that because my story, my journey, my experiences, I think are so different from a lot of people. I wasn't someone that was always just, you know, this confidence and, um, you know, it just encouraged person, it took me time to work to get to that. And I now I'm enjoying the aspects of doing something a little bit different. That's similar to broadcasting, but also has its all a whole other side of the industry that's very eye opening that I'm learning each and every day. So yeah, I've been fortunate to work with some great people. And on the speaking side and modeling side, also feel like I'm just sort of tapping into that and just now starting to get a better understanding of how to navigate through it and the oppor- even bigger opportunities that are out there.
0: So, so the confidence thing, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, it was different, different stages, you know, three-time all American boom playing in front of a crowd opponent, people zeroing in on me, trying to stop me that confidence up here. But then we slide over to the runway slide over to the motivational speaking and then it sounded like you had to kind of break out of a shell yeah. to have to be confident in those other facets of your life.
1: Yeah, when you put it that way, actually, um, it is interesting because the first shell I broke out of was on the soccer field. And I remember my I actually thought I was so good growing up. And then my parents told me when I was in like high school or college I was terrible in my first years. <laughs> and I didn't know that, but I was I was I knew I didn't know what to do actually. I didn't know what to do I didn't know anything about it but I was just the kid that was standing out there on the soccer field with the game going on all around them picking at the grass um (laughs) so the first show I broke out of was that on the soccer field was my chance to kind of have this other persona that I was the player all growing up it didn't just start in college that was guarded people were watch out for Renee get number three that was me and so the soccer field was my safe space to really be that aggressive strong personality but I was never that off the field, you know? I And I still to this day have people that were like, wait, you were insecure? You had confidence issues? You would have never known it because I just was always between soccer, basketball and track, I was always doing so much. It seemed like I was a person that had all the confidence in the world. And I was a typical teenager that was struggling with who she was, her identity. I'm too skinny, I'm too tall, I'm too this, I'm too that. Um, but the next show was breaking out of from, who I was on a soccer field and that separation of personal to bringing that into my personal life, that I started to have that same confidence in all aspects of my life that I have that all American mindset is what I've coined Mm -hmm. in all aspects of reporting, modeling, speaking, or just every day that I don't feel that's, you know, that same insecurity that I used to when I walk into a room. So it is interesting because it did happen in stages of me slowly figuring out myself. And it started through sports that I was able to have, my identity, my confidence come together.
0: That's amazing. I, and then you broke that first shell and then it just kind of bled over into the other stuff. And then, like you said, you started later in life modeling and speaking and you know, mm-hmm. exuding confidence it and those other me, things.
1: I am to, to be comfortable posting certain things on social media. Like I, people don't realize how hard, and not just for me personally, but in the world that we live in where everyone's so quick to criticize and judge and question you, it's hard to be in your own skin and be confident within that and feel attractive and feel smart and feel, you know, all these different things that we want as as humans. So I will always admit, like, it didn't just happen overnight. I wasn't just good at soccer overnight or an articulate speaker or able to model or able to, you know, talk sports overnight. Everything that's happening now is years and years and years in the making to get me to this point. So, Yeah, it absolutely was like one kind of led into the next and helped me to figure out who I am as a person, who I am as Renee, beyond all these different hats that I wear.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. Appreciate you sharing Mm -hmm. that for sure. Uh, Definitely appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Super busy and everything you got going to take time to hop on here. Uh, My co-host TB wasn't here, but love to get you on again with both of us and, you know, Later on in the season, how the Sixers and oh Eagles God, are doing. Football. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> the, the season is going like you thought, or if it took a little derail and it didn't either way, love to get you back on and uh, talk about it all again. Where can everybody find your work, all the content you're creating, uh, all the things you're into, all the accomplishments that you have, where can everybody go uh, and, and see what everything, what all you are doing?
1: Well, first, thanks again for having me on. This time flew by. I had a lot of fun chatting it up. And definitely want to make sure to get back on, as I jokingly say, but in all seriousness, um, especially as the Eagles are working towards the Super Bowl or whatever is happening in sports in general. Um, But people can follow me everywhere. I'm at Renee P. Wash on Twitter. But my handle for everything is actually at Renee P. Washington. My full name just doesn't fit on the X. So I had to shorten it. But I'm Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. YouTube, TikTok, my website, reneepwashington.com. And honestly, everything is connected through each of my different platforms. So, looking forward to the start of the official fall kickoff season getting going, as uh, as I'm sure you are too, with just all the great things we have to find and look forward to how it plays out in a game, in a regular season, football, soccer, you know, as we get to the NBA season. So, thank you again for all that you continue to do and continue crushing it and your show and the work you guys are doing.
0: Definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, tell your parents hello. And you know, especially especially with Dad being, you know, having so many heartbreaking things with the Sixers, uh, I feel for him. But uh, we appreciate you all very much. And, and just nice to hear a little bit of your background. How had the whole family's talking sports, talking positive trash. But, you know, you better come with it. So I enjoyed hearing about all that. And definitely looking forward to having you again, Renee. Really appreciate yes.
1: it. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you again, and uh, keep up the great work.
0: Hey, thank you you so much. See you. Renee Washington, follow her at Renee P. Wash. She really is doing a little bit of everything and doing it well. So from former player, reporter, analyst, motivational speaking, uh, modeling, uh, we tried to hit a little bit of everything without keeping her here all evening, but we'll definitely get her back on. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, it'll be up on Spotify and all the podcast platforms here very soon. Have it up on YouTube once we're done. And also uh, on Roku, courtesy of BS3 TV Live, BS3 Network. Uh, take us a quick break. Get a little promo for some of the other podcasts that are here on the network. And we'll be right back to put a bow on this episode. Appreciate y'all listening. We'll be right back in just a minute. There's a 100% chance of a laugh thunderstorm. Four men with different viewpoints take a movie, show, or documentary and review it uncensored, unfiltered, uncompromised, with no holds barred. Join BS3, Wilkes, King Dog, and HRAP B as they take on Hollywood their own way. BS3 Network proudly presents The Forecast, where h B always predicts... If I owe you something, I ain't got it. And if you need it, get it from God. Live every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Central. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. <laughs> Oh so, forecast. I'm not a movie guy, but yo, they, they break down the movies, they preview the movies, uh, all that good stuff. Gotta f- switch back up, you know. Mention the TB is heading back to his home city of Louisville. Speaking of Louisville, we don't on this podcast go out of our way a whole lot to kick them water down. They've been down. They only won four games last year. Uh, Kenny Payne and them struggled mightily. Uh, We clowned them a little bit a few weeks ago when the ACC-SEC Challenge was announced and the 14 SEC schools, as the SEC is currently constructed, played 14 universities from the ACC. The ACC has 15 teams, and so they sent... 14 of the 15, and the f- one left out was Louisville. So Louisville didn't get a matchup in the ACC-SEC challenge. So we clowned Louisville for that the other day. Um, another – well, they they got kicked while they were down, not by us, but a piece in the rebuilding process that they hope to have – Uh, has taken his talents down under Trenton Flowers, uh, left Louisville, and decided to go play and pursue professional basketball opportunities in Australia. Uh, So a a low blow for the Cardinals as they thought they had a four-star guy and He instead goes to Australia. Let's see. We got a little bit of the clip of him talking with uh, 35 in Kentucky. Let's see here. Talking about him leaving. Hold on one second. Let's see if we get a little bit of that. What is going on, everybody? What is going on, everybody? This is Jeff Lightsey Jr. with the 35KY Sports Show. We've got two very special guests with me right now. We've got Trenton Flowers and his father, Travis Flowers. How are you doing, gentlemen? I'm doing amazing. Hey, that is great to hear. That is great to hear. Trenton was once going to go play for the University of Louisville. Trenton has decided to go take his talents over to Australia. Uh, Trent, let's go ahead and get to it, man. Uh, what went into the decision to decide to go play in the NBL instead of playing for Louisville? Oh, man, well, first of all, I want to start by saying, you know, I, I love the city of Louisville. You know, I love the people here. You know, I love the culture. So, you know, nothing against nobody. But, I mean, this was the opportunity of a lifetime for me. You know, I feel like there was the only a certain type of window I got to make this decision. And that window was narrow, and this was something down the line I didn't want to walk out of my life and be like, man, I wish I should have took that opportunity or, you know, just to sort of regretted this decision. So, you know, I'm going over there. You know, it's a pro-style game. I'm playing against a more physical, you know, older, grown man, which is the, really the NBA. And, you know, I just get time to develop and focus on my game and, you know, just better myself as a person. Absolutely. Now, Trenton... So that's part of the clip from 35 in Kentucky. Uh, We've had those guys on the show in the past. Uh, They had Trenton and Travis Flowers on, and he's leaving Louisville to go play professionally in Australia, develop his game because he feels that's a better option. Said it's an opportunity he couldn't pass up. Didn't want to look back and regret. This decision to leave Louisville and go to Australia. Also, there was some stuff later about you know, trying to get up with Kenny Payne and hadn't talked to KP and all that kind of stuff. So it's 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 a mess for Louisville. Uh, and when you're trying to rebound, literally from a four win season, and this projected. Pivotal key piece to your team leaves for Australia in August, the middle of August, where you know the season is almost here. There's just no <laughs> just no fallback plan, nothing you can really do now. Now you're just kind of stuck with this departure and no way to fill the void. You know, John Rothstein, you know, he tweets out every day how close we are to the season starting, and this is what Louisville now has to find themselves trying to recover from uh, the departure of Trenton Flowers. Man, you know, when it rains, it pours, I guess, but it's that is it's a tough blow for them when you're coming off a 4 win season. Oh. Thanks again, Renee Washington. Uh, Talked about TB heading back to the home state. I'm going to be heading back to Kentucky Friday as well. TB and I will both be in and around Lexington. We weren't able to coordinate our stuff. I'm going to be there Friday. He's going to be there Saturday, I do believe. But we're going to – you know, we mentioned the homie Roy Witt Jr. You know, our podcast is nominated – we're having the best guests when we had roy on as we mentioned earlier for the upcoming bs3 awards this weekend roy is going to be in lexington at comedy off broadway uh, first time back in kentucky in 10 years uh i think he had had some some stops in bowling green about a decade ago but it's first time back in kentucky uh to perform to tour to do comedy in a decade. So I'm going to run up there and catch the early show Friday. Uh, Friday at 7. Got another show at 9.30. Uh, And then two shows Saturday at Comedy Off-Broadway in Lexington. So uh, if you're in and around there, uh, come through and see the show. Come up and holler at your boy. going to be a fun time as well. going to be a fun, hilarious time had by all with Roy stopping in there to perform. Uh, Kentucky also, flipping the football real quick, you know, fall camp is rolling. Um, looking forward to the season, anticipating the season. Um, had a football addition at running back. Uh, Javon Keys transfers in from Wake Forest. Um, so, a running back, 6'1", 207. Uh, Jaquez Keys. I said Javon. Jaquez uh play running back in red shirt this season. So, uh, a late addition to the team. Uh, so, that'll be cool to have him there. Another kid from the ACC. Uh, he was top 20. He had an uh, office from Michigan Pitt, Iowa, and Wisconsin. So, uh um, late transfer, a reverse late transfer from what Louisville had with Trenton Flowers. He was uh, late, threw up deuces, heading down under. But uh, cool to uh, see Kentucky bring in another running back. And, um, that's good stuff. So want to get that little note in as well. See, continue to see what happens as you know, football season is here. getting ready for Ball State, uh, the scrimmages, the depth chart, all the things are shaking themselves out. Oh, Devin Larry, just keep him healthy, get the officer line to keep him healthy, and keep hearing and seeing a lot of good things from the NC State transfer at quarterback. This offense could have the potential to really be special. So we'll see you very, very soon. Uh, enjoyed this show. Hope to have TB back next week. Hope y'all enjoyed listening to it. Thanks again to Renee Washington. Uh, it was a real treat talking to her. I said I've been trying to make that happen for, for quite some time. Just having to get the schedules aligned and finally good time for her to come on. But look, she, she came on and crushed it, killed it, just like we knew she would. And we try to kill it each and every week as well. If you can go to the Facebook page and vote for uh, Cats Talk Wednesday for the upcoming BS3 Awards, we'd appreciate it. Um, well, our competitors got some big followings and we'll be trying to hold our own in there, but like I said, it's, it's all good. We are happy to be nominated appreciate being part of the BS3 Network. So we're going to wrap this one up, put a bow on this episode, We'll be back next week talking about whatever happens between now and then. But everybody take care. My name is Vinny Hardy. For Terry Brown, Renee Washington, the BS3 Network. We catch everybody next week. Appreciate y'all watching, as always. Take care now.